Hello and welcome to my podcast, Just For Today. I am Steph Granger, therapeutic mentor, and I am delighted that you are here. My intention for the Just For Today podcast is to inspire, empower, share my knowledge, tools and techniques, as well as what some may call my wisdom to help you navigate this crazy thing called life. Each episode, I will dig into the lessons I have learned, either through client work or personal experiences, or sometimes both. And most importantly, share tangible tools for you to take away in order for you to truly live in the present just for today. So let's not waste any more time and get into the show. Hi, welcome back to the Just For Today podcast. Steph here. Now, I know last week I spoke about the fact that I am using YouTube again. So I'm back to recording myself whilst I am recording this podcast. And for those of you, I said last week that I was going to do it from a position of zero fucks, right? I will show up as me. This is what the last few weeks really have been, is about me understanding myself on the next level and then showing up authentically. So if you're watching this on YouTube, hi, (laughs) you will be able to see my microphone positioned on a couple of books. My iPad that I use to record myself is propped up by some of my Oracle cards. And physically, I've got my hair wrapped in my heatless curler because I have something that I'm doing tonight and I need to do my hair and I hate doing my hair. And since I found these heatless curlers, they've changed my life. I literally stick them in, keep them in for a few hours and ta-da, curly hair. But I needed to do that this morning. So they've been in since this morning and I had to record that. Well, I wanted to record the podcast. So you're getting me very much authentic. No makeup, hair in curlers, everything's propped up. And you know what? This is who I am. It's who I am. So this is how I'm showing up going forward. Zero fucks because this is me. And I don't want to you know, coin a phrase. You know, that, that, that song from, um, oh God, what's that film called? The Greatest Showman. This is me. This is who I am. I am this. So here we go. Here we go. This week, I wanted to talk to you about something I've mentioned a lot. I use the frame map of the world a lot. I speak to my clients about it. I speak on my socials about it. It was one of those game changers when I first learned about NLP. So if you're new here or you don't know what NLP is, it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And when I discovered it in 2017, it changed my life. I am not being dramatic when I say that. It utterly changed my life because it gave me a world, a way of seeing the world through a whole different lens that was so much more beneficial to me and the life that I live and desire to live. And it changed my map. So what do I mean by map of the world? I mean that when we step into the world, every one of us individually steps into it in our own unique way based on our lifetimes of experiences, all the influences, all the conditioning, all of that beautiful stuff will define how we see the world. Now, when I talk about the map of the world, we will all look at a map in the same way, but when we step into it, we step into it with our own unique bespoke perspective. To hear more about that, I explain it in much more depth in another episode. So just go back through the feed and you will be able to find more of an in-depth description Because if you're anything like me, 
it'll be a game changer. Like it just one day when I learned this from the very first lady that taught me NLP, which was Denise Collins, who's just an angel of a woman. When she first started talking, it just, it was like someone gave me a fresh set of glasses to wear that I was never going to take off. They, they were comfortable. They felt safe. I loved seeing through them and I never wanted to see the world any differently. And I will forever be grateful to her. I have many women in the last 14 nearly years that have changed my life. And Denise is one of them. And I also recently reconnected with another wonderful woman that was my doula mentor, oh, Suzanne Howlett, the most incredible angel so anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about. What I want to talk to you today is one of my clients' experiences that we worked through together recently. We were looking at rejection because it's something she feels a lot in many areas of her life, in her work, in her personal, in her friendships, in her in all relationships that she has in her life. She feels rejected um, through different actions of other people's behaviours. So we've been dissecting this belief and I got her to share with me the very first time she experienced someone telling her things like, you're not good enough. I don't want you in my life. You know, the first time she felt rejection that she could recall on a conscious level. And she told me about this experience she had in school. And we're going back to early years of school. So the first, I can't remember which part of what year it was, but it was that primary year. So we're talking everything from reception to year six in the UK And this was, I'm going to, if my memory serves, around year three, perhaps. So that would would have made her around seven or eight, as a rough guess here. And she very clearly recalled a teacher being really unkind to her and basically telling her, or how she interpreted, go away. I'm not interested in anything you have to say. Now, whether the teacher used those words, I'm paraphrasing here, but that is the way this lady interpreted or this young girl interpreted this go away I don't want to hear you or hear from you and the message that was very loud and clear to my client was you're not good enough for my attention I don't want you around me and that was the very first experience that she'd had of rejection and then what happens when a wound occurs like imagine that you have this open wound in your body and what needs to happen is that needs to heal what needs to happen is that that wound needs tender loving care and it needs all the little things that go into healing a person an actual physical wound sometimes medical attention but it's nurturing isn't it it's support it's TLC of that wound in order for it to recover nothing ever recovers fully back to how it was before nothing does you know we've all got scars in our bodies from things and I'm just thinking of my my middle son George has still got a scar on his eyebrow from chicken pox these things leave their lasting mark whether it's a mental um, wound, emotional wound, or a physical wound, there is always a mark that's left from these things. But we can do what we can to heal them if we're given the opportunity to do that, and it heals to the best of the body's ability. But when things happen to us when we're a child, when we're not emotionally mature, we don't have emotional um, tools, awareness, intelligence to be able to step back from that situation and say, I've done nothing wrong in this situation. That teacher is actually the person here that shouldn't have spoken to me in that way. She should know better. She should be educated in young minds and how they interpret different things. This is nothing to do with me. This says nothing about me and everything about her. As adults, potentially, we have the ability to be able to do that. 
Some can, some can't. And that again comes back to emotional awareness and emotional intelligence development and learning that we, we undertake as adults. But in that situation, if we're talking about a young child that is, you know, anything um, in that primary, those primary years, you know, that take us up to about age 10, 11 and beyond. But I'm just, you know, referring to this, this young, uh, this client I've been working with and her younger self. She experienced that at quite a formative time, but also when she would have been very emotionally unintelligent, immature, and wouldn't have had those resources to, or that subject sub, subjectivity. Here we go, Steph, to step back and say, it's nothing to do with me. This is all about her and what's going on for her. I am not taking ownership of any of those um, feelings that she's just spouted. You, This is no child on this planet, potentially, that wouldn't be able to process in that way. Now, some children will go to their parents. And if the parents have a level of awareness, they may be able to help that child heal from that event. If if we speak to the, the parent, a lot of time children don't because in school situations, back in the day, I'm not so much sure now because schooling and education has changed around emotions and being very much, attached, uh, very much um, aware of our emotions. I'm going back to the time when I was in primary education, which would have been in the 80s, and to almost go home and say, I got told off by the teacher today. Some parents of that age would have gone, what did you do? What did you do to cause your teacher to feel that way? So there may have been an element of shame attached as well to being told that by a person in a position of influence. Because let's not forget, teachers are hugely influential to us throughout our lifetimes. And I'm sure as you're listening to this, you can recall both a teacher that you still remember with fondness, that you loved classes they really inspired you. They helped you to understand and actually have an interest in the subject that they were teaching you about. And you will equally remember a teacher that was quite frankly, a bit of a dick, didn't like you, wasn't very good. I remember that when we had supply teachers, that meant an easy day, an easy class. I'm talking senior school here. But I can recall a teacher now off the top of my head. Mr. Goldring was my math teacher in senior school. He was also my tutorial teacher. He made me laugh. He told really great engaging stories. And he really taught maths well to, to me that, so I could understand maths because maths is a tough subject for some people, me being one of them. And if you have a teacher that can really engage and pivot themselves to understand your way of learning and um explain it to you in your way rather than, well, this is how I do it. You need to learn it my way. That's a really special teacher. I also recall teachers I hated, home ec teacher, horrible woman, spoke down to us, thought we were all pieces of shit, basically on the bottoms of her shoe. So I hated her classes because I knew I'd always get in trouble for doing something wrong, not cleaning up properly, not washing up properly, all of that stuff, no matter how much you tried. I remember one year we had a little Christmas. I think we were finishing that day for Christmas and we brought all these nice things in and she told us all off and I was like, I just hate you. And so we can all remember those teachers and teachers are in a position of influence, aren't they? So it's something, you know, when you're dealing with young minds and children in that primary years, you know, that naught to seven or eight are so formative and they're learning all the time and they're these sponges and that will just absorb. And children are little narcissists in the sense that they think everything is about them. They think all of their behaviours are about them. So if they do something to upset somebody in a position of influence, whether that's an older sibling, um, a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, they're going to think that they did that. They created that in that person, that angry person. I made them feel that way. 
And they're going to internally take that on board and take it forward with them without the skills and the resources to be able to move themselves through that and not make it about them. So this is where it all starts. And for my client, this is where we pinpointed the starting point of this feeling of not good enough and ultimately feeling rejected in that moment. And as she's gone through her life, she's collected all other things to back up this wound. Because like I was saying, the wound is now open. The wound is now exposed and it doesn't have the TLC that it needs to start healing. So it it almost builds and becomes infected. It gathers more stuff. And another layer of stuff comes on there. And oh my God, she didn't want to sit next to me at lunch. Oh, I must be the issue here. It must be about me. There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm being rejected. And there it begins. And then we collect more and more and more. And the wounds just get getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it becomes so dominant that it's one of the driving forces in our life. And this is kind of currently where she's at or where she was at because we are working through this and she is making beautiful strides by just connecting with her younger self and giving that little girl the compassion that was missing because of something someone said and she wasn't able to understand that it was nothing to do with her. That teacher may have been having a horrific day. We don't know what was going on in that teacher's life that day. She could have had some terrible news. She could have felt really sick. She could have just had so much to do in that job and the last thing she needed was a little girl walking up saying, I don't understand, or can you explain this again to me when she's maybe explained it 10 times to 10 different children in the class? Who knows what was going on for her that day, right? Everybody has bad days, but we do have to be really mindful that young minds are very, very formative. I couldn't do the job of a teacher, so I'm not slamming teachers here. I'm not. I have so much admiration and respect because I couldn't do that job from early years all the way through to teenagers. Like, no, 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 no. But if any of this resonates with you and you're starting to think, you know what, I often feel not good enough or I often feel rejected when, I don't know, I send a WhatsApp message and no one replies for a few hours and I'm thinking, well, they normally reply really, really quickly. So something and you start thinking, what did I do? Have I said something? And you start to make it about yourself. That's the little person in you that's going, I must have done something wrong because why else would somebody treat me like that? I I definitely am not good enough. If you are resonating with this, just for today, I want you to start thinking about that little version of you. I want you to start thinking of her and a time where she felt really hurt by somebody that was in a position of influence that created an environment that made that little you feel not good enough or made you feel rejected. Think about her. And then what I want you to do, just for today, is speak to her in the way that she needed to be spoken to, in a way that would have helped her move through that situation in a much more effective way, letting go of the ownership that it was something she did and allowing her to see that it was nothing that she did. And of course, if any of this resonates and you want to come and talk to me, you can find me on the socials, you can find my WhatsApp group, all of this will be in the show notes, of course. I would love to help you move through this. And one way that I can work with you is with Steph in your pocket. This is me at your disposal for four whole weeks. So how does this work? You get to have an online or an in-person hour with me. So if you're local to me, I'm in Chelmsford, Essex. Or if not, we do it on Zoom. In which you tell me what you want to achieve in the next four weeks or something that you're ready to move on from or let go of. So we set 
the, the scene in that hour together. Then I recreate the steps to help you moving forward. And I share my knowledge and my wisdom and any tools and techniques that I have in my bag that can help you start transitioning from one place to another. I hold you accountability. I check in with you once a week, but you can check in with me as much as you like. Now, there's boundaries. Of course there are. I will not answer at 11 o'clock at night. My phone goes to sleep at 8 p.m. It's actually set to go to sleep and the little lullaby kicks in at quarter to eight and tells me your phone is going to sleep. And I won't see any notifications until 7 a.m. the next day. So you won't, even if you message me in the middle of the night, I won't answer because I won't hear it. But I am there for you. You have me in your pocket and I aim to always reply within 24 hours unless something happens in my life that I can't do that. So step in your pocket sounds like something that would be useful for you over the next four weeks. Get in touch. The links are in the show notes of this episode. I would love to help you start that transition or continue that transition into the woman you are already destined to be. Until next time, people. Thank you for being here and listening in. I am so, so grateful for this opportunity to spend time with you. I would love to hear from you about topics you would like me to dive into. And you can connect with me on the socials at I am Steph Granger. So before you go, let me leave you with this final thought. Just for today, be present in your life. Engage your senses, see what you see, hear what you hear, and feel what you feel. And really notice what is right in front of you. Because one thing we truly know to be true is that we only have now. Take care. Until next time.